Season 2, Episode 3 of LOI Weekly in association with Airsport and Independent.ie. And this is a special show for reasons that are totally out of our control. Even though Dan and I are both in Dublin 8 and we're very close to each other, we're, we're very far away. We're both on Skype. Dan, can you come in? Can you hear me? I can, Johnny. I can. I can hear you. I hear. I hear you've no bread, and I've got loads of bread over here, and I'm like, yeah. ten minutes away. Yeah, well, five I think the shops away. are open. To be honest, anyways, I was I was at a Cheltenham preview night last night, and some geezer was on about like how he wanted to stock up on um on diesel just in case like the diesel ran out. Um, in which case he probably wouldn't have been able to actually go on the road anyway. So I was like, <laughs> what's the bloody point? Do you have you have bread though? I, I've got bread, milk. I mean, all sorts of, of modern facilities. I mean, just to explain to people why we're in this situation, obviously, when much as much well, the snow, yeah. A, opened the window, uh, the, the, the snow was out there. But B, uh, while, while we are sort of uh, city dwellers, um, you know, our, our sound crew and all our sort of experts are, I mean, the boy own does a lot of production mm. work. He's based out in the, I don't know where he lives, really. But he lives somewhere that we don't know. And uh, they couldn't make it in today. We had Brendan Clark, who, in fairness to him, after conceding eight goals in, in Oriel Park last night, he was booked in. I spoke to Brendan after, and he was like, "No problem. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to front up. I'm not going to use this as an excuse or something for pulling out." But he was done by the weather as well in terms of, of getting into uh, getting into air where we usually record it. He said there was like cars skidding around his road and stuff like that this morning. So. This is this is what we've got. It's it's just us communicating like we're two sort of I don't know pen pals. Except yeah. not pen pals. We're sort of. On did the, you ever have a pen like, pal? I I think I did actually. Um, geez, I that's think you a did. good point. Maybe in America or somewhere. I don't know. I um, doubt he or she is listening to LOI Weekly. Though. It, I mean, if they were, they'd be very disappointed. They didn't get a shout out at this stage. Given, given we've, we've we've given a shout out to pretty much everyone else we know in our in our um, limited social circle. Yeah, and um, I suppose just to mention as normal, we're on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Snapchat. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter, and you can send us in some of your stories of, um, I suppose, the snow and all that. And happily enough, this is going to be a shorter episode, Dan, as well, because we've been a bit, um, we've been, I suppose, the length of a football match in our first couple of pods. And this one will just be a little bit briefer. We'll talk about two rounds of games and uh, a few other little matters, and you have a bit of audio for us as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, a lot has happened since uh, since last week's show, I guess, in terms of two rounds of Premier Division fixers. Um, I suppose the one problem we have is that uh, I, I'd be very negative at this point. We are speaking on Wednesday afternoon about the, the prospect of any games going ahead this weekend. Um, but, yeah. you know, got, got, to a, got to a few games. Um, I mean, I, I don't think we're necessarily going to forensically run through through every match, but I think we were both at, at Shamrock Rovers and Dock last Friday, um, and I think it's it's sort of it, it shows like how this stage of the season you can be so, you know, you be so reactive to isolated results. Like you watch Rovers and Dock, and you're thinking, geez, these two teams are are struggling to click. I actually still quite enjoyed the game. I didn't think it was dreadful, but I, I sort of thought these are two teams like finding themselves. Uh, there was the odd good passage, the odd mistake, and you're thinking, yeah, these teams it's going to take them a while to get going. And then on Monday, you watch Rovers knock in six, and on, you know last night you watched them dock knock in eight, and you're thinking, yeah, all this chat we had at the start of the season about, well, there was no easy games in a ten-team league and so on. I think really, 
it just goes to show that maybe in the opening weeks, ends of the season, things can level out a bit. But yeah. over time, and when you have a double header and you have, you know, the ability to rotate your squad, the teams with the greater resources will will come to the fore. And this is why ultimately. I still think we're going to have these huge gaps at the end of the season between the top couple of clubs and the rest. And I think um, I think maybe the midweek rounds of games have, have shown that. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting night. I mean, in Tala as well, I, I, I sat beside Richie Sadler for the first half and Stephen Alkin. And Stephen Alkin said to me, God, I really like your stuff on the radio. And then he asked me what my name was. <laughs> it was very disappointing. That and one must be crushing for you. It was crushing, and I, I was sitting beside Richie, but I couldn't um, separate Richie from the Apri match impression of him. So I was trying to keep a straight face and do a report on the game as well. Now, obviously, for the second half, I got a bit of space in the actual media area, but I thought it was a disappointing game um, in the sense that I thought they lacked cutting edge, and Dundalk looked like a team that really wasn't used to playing with each other. And in fairness, they had a lot of players who wouldn't have been there last season. Um, and then, uh, we, I suppose, just if we even we can go through the results from uh, Friday night as well, we had uh, Bray 1, Pat 2, Cork 2, Watford 0, uh, Sligo 2, Derry 1, Rovers 0, Dundalk 0, Limerick 1, Bowes 1 on Saturday. Um, and, yeah, so that was the weekend's action. But a uh, great crowd, Dan. And, you know, much has been made of the crowd so far. But I suppose between Tala and Turner's Cross, there were nearly... 11,000 and you know two and a half thousand in Limerick uh, much the same in Sligo very promising so far yeah I mean the problem is you know the, the, then the midweek fixtures come along and they're going to kind of chop some of those averages up but yeah. I mean it, it, it is promising I guess um, I, I think guess. you know I think, well, I mean, I think, you know, you, you, you always have to be guarded because I saw the old press release go out again. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's like a couple of years back where there was press releases going out till week four or five and then the crowds dropped and, and the press releases stopped, you know. So yeah. I, I guess there's a part of me which thinks, yeah, it's great crowds. I've spoken about it. I've probably written about it. Um, but there's a part as well which you, you need to get to the point where it's no longer a huge talking point that you, you'd like to sort of take it as a given. But I, I still think, you know, to be able to say, um, you know, oh yeah, there was six over six and a half thousand, or you know, around six and a half thousand people, at albeit you know a monster derby, but it's not necessarily like a sort of a, a glamour top of the table fixture. I think you know it, it emphasises why a league with Cork doing well is is a healthier league, probably more so than any other club, just in terms of the the sheer scale of the the crowds they can bring. But I mean, it is a necessity with the thirty six game game campaign that you have this. Mm-hmm midweek fixtures I, I think I guess um, it's slightly unfair in some ways that um, you know some teams have to travel um, sort of you know long distances if they have a couple of you know part-time players which I guess Limerick would have and um, but but you know you probably have to strive towards professionalism and and I guess that some teams maybe are found out by it um, but, but they have to sort of Accept that that is the you know that, yeah. that is the consequence of their situation, but it's 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 harsh. I think you know the danger is that it it impacts on the quality of the product. That if you have a couple of heavy thrashings, so that does that become demoralising? Do well, that's do, yeah. Do do the two and a half thousand people that went to watch Limerick on Saturday see them lose eight nil? And go, ah, oh, Jesus! I'm not going to go and watch them this week. Then, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's something. One, that's something I will bring up to you as well because I thought those two results. Um, 
the subsequent results of Rovers and Dundalk at home, you were at both those games. I was at one of them were a little bit worrying. But I want to mention as well that I went to uh, Flancare Park for the first time in a few years on Saturday night. City Calling um, Stadium, is it? No? City rather the City Calling Stadium. And apologies to Phil Munley um, there. Yeah. Um, our, our buddy Phil who you would know from of course being Keith Gillespie's agent indeed indeed mm-hmm. and, a, and a horse owner himself with slightly more indeed. success than, 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 there's than, a than you on horse mentions uh, on the podcast mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. anyway um, it, it honestly I, I, it was the coldest sporting experience like where I wasn't playing that I can ever remember and it wasn't that it was like minus two or anything but it was what it actually felt like it really felt like it was about minus ten and I think my phone was even saying that um, but it was actually Longford and Cove it was a really entertaining game Dan played on a pretty bad pitch and Longford um, I was actually sitting under a guy who played for Longford he was one of the former locals and there can't be many of them but he was kind of saying he doesn't like the way Neil Finn plays um, he said because it, it's too much of an emphasis on, on passing it all over the park and you, and you, were, and you were sitting under him uh, I, was, I, was, I was sitting I mean, that's an extreme cold measure wow yeah. no I was sitting yeah. behind him sorry I was sitting high up in Brilliant view, by the way, in Longford's stand of the actual game. You get really high up. But I was sitting behind him, and he was saying, I don't agree with the way Neil Fenn's teams play, but in fairness to him, he's trying to inculcate that kind of philosophy from the 13s up. So, like, all the underrated teams play in the mould of the team that he has at the seniors, which I think is consistent with what he said when he was in the podcast last year. And what is that way, then? Just to It's a lot of passing. Um, yeah. And true enough, they they gave the ball away very sloppy for the second goal. And like in a game, they really should have won. They ended up drawn to all. But um, I was really impressed with Cove's attitude, you know, and just what the result meant for them. And then, of course, afterwards, we had Stephen Henderson and an impeccably dressed Neil Fenn, by the way, um, kind of congratulating each other on Twitter, which I thought was nice. Yes, it's the modern way of doing things. I think we've had that with Collie O'Neill and a few others as well. I mean, we should probably sort of run through a couple of the other first division results. We had UCD uh, beating Shelburne. We had Wexford winning away to Cavan Teeley. We had obviously Galway thrashing at loan. And it's funny, I was watching the Galway at loan goals and I know we had a bit of a debate last week about, you know, should, should there be first division footage shown more prominently and it sort of was the two sides of it because obviously there was a good crowd and it's a good ground but then Jesus some of the goals that loan were conceding you're thinking I'm not sure about showcasing this to a to a wider audience too you know and it was it it was grim it it is the two sides of it that you know from from a quality standpoint you could you could definitely argue you could argue the toss over and then of course drawdown Finn Harps and Pearl Tim Clancy is that like the curse of the podcast or something yeah Uh, yeah. His managerial debut. I mean, and there's every chance to draw this, they, they might have no game this weekend either, which yeah. is sort of a, it's not really an ideal game for start for, for both clubs. And I, we just can't be having that stuff, really. You know, there's no, I mean, some of the sort of uh, explanations for it. I know there was games there in pre-season and so on. And you can get into the water boundary of how and why and, you know, minutiae, and, and sure, the two managers maybe even wanted to go ahead with the game, maybe, but it's the overall optics of the situation, and Shambolic. it just goes to show you, you can't, you, you know, if you continue to 
applied this sort of sham sort of licensing process, but but consistently sort of well don't enforce every aspect of 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 a proper standard, then then this catches up with you. You know, there's always a case of well, there's a derogation here because they're going to move to a new ground, and we'll we'll let this by because they've got plans for this and for that and so on, but. It can only get you so far. We've had people talking about the, the showers at grounds before, including Drada, and not just to single out them. I mean, there's plenty of other clubs that are have stuff that's not fit for purpose. I even think of the Limerick fans in Dundalk last night on an exposed terrace singing away, you know, with no cover on, on that type of night. And, you know, we have to expect better. And maybe we need to suffer the odd embarrassment like last Friday to, to reach that point of, of realisation. But... It's not a great episode for for all involved, and I don't think there's any real. I don't think there's any greatest league in the world element to all this. No, it's, no, definitely it's, not. It's it was, just rubbish. I mean, if you're, it is rubbish. If you're trying to, you know, uh, if you were skeptical, draw a fan, and Clancy's trying to get, you know, new fans back. Like, why would you go back after an experience like that, which is just so preposterously kind of. Uh, League of Ireland like that um, or certainly old League of Ireland that it just kind of emphasises that all your preconceptions about the league which were negative are borne out and you know I know Oli um, made a bit of a joke in Soccer Republic about like going to the local for a couple of points um, which would have been a bit of crack I imagine as a Harps fan must have been a bit of a killer and you know I was on about I was saying that to you about trying to promote the first division. Clearly a lot of work needs to be done. And when you look at how bad that loan were, I mean, it was it was shockingly bad defending. Um, it's hard to watch. It's it was to hard watch. to watch. And I know Danny Furlong got a hat trick, but um I think if Danny thinks that the first division is anything like that for the rest of the campaign, um he'd probably get a rude awakening. But in fairness, great start to him. He's not long back from uh, New Zealand and you know just to get those three goals so early it was a huge win for Galway and um, after a very messy preseason it looks like the Cove game will be called off and all you know we obviously will talk about that but good start for Shane Keegan but then we had the the midweek games now I went along to Tala as did you on Monday night and um, it was cold if not quite as cold as Longford and I have to say Dan you know, I'll go through the results as well first, but I have to say I was a little bit worried just about what I saw. Watford 2, Pats nil, Sligo 1, Cork 4, um, a result itself that actually needs a bit of, uh, you Definitely, know, yeah. Um Shamrock over 6, Bray nil, and then last night, Tuesday night, Bowes nil, Derry 1, Dundalk 8, Limerick nil. Now, uh, Bray, Bray went to kind of, Bray set up like that they were going to pack their, their own half of the pitch and sort of try to hit uh, Rovers on the break, and it, they were doing okay until a unbelievably good goal by Graham Burke. But after that, Dan, and considering Bray have some good players, I was very impressed with Coughlin and, um, you know, they obviously have McCabe and Green who were fairly quiet, but mm. this was really, really shoddy. And, you know, you're talking about a, a competitive 10-team league. Bray had more or less given up at half time. It looks like Limerick had given up very early as well. And Bray were, were so bad. I'm wondering, you know, is, is this going to become... A not um, uncommon thing that we're going to get hammerings like this when the top and the bottom meet. Yeah, well, I mean, we've had them in recent seasons. To be fair, you know, I mean, it's 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 striking, you know, that even you know Stephen Kenny's reference point last night. I mean, that was the biggest win of his reign, but he had beaten Bray eight one a couple of years back, and I remember Wexford taking a drub. And there there have been results like this in in recent years. I think the Dundalk went seven nil up in Finn Harps one time as well, yeah. and. 
did Cork beat Longford? I think seven one time at, at home too. Um, I mean, I, we 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 go on about it again and again. I mean, the gap in resources between the European clubs and the you know the regular European qualifiers and the I suppose the the, the part time slash you know nearly full time clubs. I mean, it's it's huge and it's growing. And um, I think uh, you know the the talent thing can be looked at two ways. I mean, you would be worried for Bray. Um, just on a number of number of under a number of headings. I mean, I guess it's a club that, and I suppose you know we we actually praised the players a lot last season for their, um, I, I suppose their spirit through adversity and and how they stuck together and got very good results and and it was only natural that maybe their head would be turned a bit. But I, I you know I, I spoke to people who were at the game last Friday. They weren't hugely impressed by them, and I guess in some ways, if if you're at a club that doesn't necessarily have a huge fan base. Um, you need to motivate yourselves. Yeah. Um, but but I guess you know you you can get a gay, get away get away with the odds thinker, you know, and there's almost no sense of consequences for it if you don't have that deepest squad and yeah. um you don't have that sort of real shock factor response to, to defeat. I mean I'm sure internally there's some kind of inquest, but I think one of the players went off injured or sorry, substituted Galvin uh, didn't really acknowledge the manager when he was going off and Really? It's just there was there was a whole sort of lethargic sort of where are they go and feel they're, they're wearing you know, a shirt that, with no totally and, shirt with no sponsor and you're just yeah. looking at it going. Meanwhile, the flip side of that is you have Rovers who uh, can make four changes, um, you know, bring in some players with reasonable pedigree, someone like Sean Cavanaugh who's going to be a very good player in this league, scoring a free the, kick. Yeah, and they're on a they're on a different level, and this is the two leagues within a league and. Um, mm. I, I don't see how we avoid it. We, we, you know, I don't think the clubs that are struggling. I mean, Limerick had six subs on the bench last night as well when they were down a few bodies. So I, I don't see how we really address it. I think as the same clubs keep qualifying for Europe, and and some clubs aren't in a position to get there, we're going to have to we're going to talk about more of these results. I think. I, I, I just think- wonder though as well. You know, looking at Bray defensively, John O'Sullivan didn't play and he came off the bench. I'm not sure what was the story there, like because um, he was, mm. you know, he gives the defense Kenna, cover. Kenna as well. Kenna. Yeah, defensively they were they, they look like a team with that back four. They look like a team that'll ship a lot of goals. And I'm just wondering, will Dundalk be very very regretful later on the season that they didn't beat them on week one if it came down to that because I don't know how they couldn't score against the defence that I saw the other night but did you speak to Stephen Bradley a bit afterwards about yeah well Bradley was speaking out I think he I mean I think the interesting aspect of Monday and and we always like new players I guess um you know the when you have the same guys in the merry-go-round we're always interested by by sort of uh, outsiders coming in and there's a there's a volume of them coming into the league this year I think probably more so than recent years and and not just the doc I mean Dan Carr was influential for for Rovers I mean they love him they love him in the the, the Tala boys the Tala stand was going mad every time he got the ball and I think they, they need a new hero I think they're dying they for have a new one. hero they and, have. well they do for now anyway yeah um, until they but, hate yeah I mean the, look, he's he's 24 as, and, as, and Stephen Bradley was interesting afterwards he said like you get offered a lot of these players and actually his CV on, on paper wouldn't be great I mean it's English non-league you know, he was at Huddersfield and went to Sweden. He hasn't necessarily tore, you know, tore it up. But um, Bradley yeah. knows his agent, Paolo Vernazza, ex-Arsenal player. I think he played for Watford too and spoke to him. But but he just said generally that you have to be very careful about players coming into the league, that some of them just arrive in 
and they think it's going to be easy. They think it's going to be a, a stroll. Um, and it takes them, there's a sink or swim element to it that after a couple of games, they either warm to it or they don't. And we've seen lads come to the league and and, and disappear just as quickly um, because they can't necessarily adapt to it or adjust to it. And maybe they're a bit surprised by the quality or, or in some ways just the, the attributes that you need. And that if you're willing That's to true, work yeah. for it. If you're willing to work for it, you'll be fine. Um, you know, and I think that's going to be the challenge for 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 Rovers for the dog. I mean, they they brought on the three sort of um, foreign signings last night off the bench. I mean, Shevdukas, the Lithuanian guy, was excellent. I think Adarjan, the Hungarian, is still finding his way. I think. And, and two of the games he's played in has have actually had snow already, which you must uh, yeah, be like a story with this place. Thanks you know? me. But but so but and, and you you worry. You're saying, okay, is, is this it, or are they going to get the hang of it? And you know, Stephen Bradley mentioned that Joseph and Doe had a slow start when he when he came here, but after a while, you know, he became a star. And I think Rovers have. The likes of Carr, they have Sean Kavanagh, who I think he's a Dublin lad. You'd imagine it'd be easy for him to to slot in. They have Joey O'Brien coming back, I suppose, who um, is, is carrying a little injury. But they've also got Gilchrist as well, the Scottish fella. And yeah. I mean, his whole point was, if they are going to bridge the gap to the Dalkin Corps, the players aren't necessarily in the league to get you there. You have to go outside. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think with Rovers, so as well, they did show the depth of the squad, as you said, and it was great to see Sam Bone playing, you know, considering what he's come through. And uh, Luke Byrne was on the bench. Gary Shaw was on the bench. And um, are they, you know, you were looking at, if they, I was saying, I was sort of saying to the person who saw you made the game, if Rovers don't win this, you know, you can pretty much rule them out of the title race. But do they have a glimmer of a chance? Well, it's strange because you watch Rovers play on Dock and you think, God, these teams don't, as you said, don't have much cutting edge. Yet you put them against a different opponent and you realise actually these are bloody good, really. You know, yeah. you sort of see you see the likes of Mila uh, and uh, you know Michael Duffy last night, and these players, when they're given that small bit of space, and it's it's like when you get a good player down to your Astro game or something, you know, on a on a slightly different level. But oh, you know, stop, when you yeah. when you give these players a, a bit of uh when you when you come up against a defense that isn't really that good. Um, they suddenly look like stars, you know. But, but what about Bork, though, Dan? That goal as well. I ah, mean, yeah. just the start he's made this season. Um, I spoke to Connor Clifford there for a blog during the week, um, who incidentally may play Astro with me actually in the next week or two because he's nothing else to do. But he said, Bork, first player he mentioned. Burke uh, and I was struck on Friday night by just how much time he had on the ball in a game in which time was at a premium and then that goal the game was kind of in a bit of a lull and then that strike uh, on Monday night he's such a talented player I, I think it was a better goal than Bastian Herri's goal Herri uh, uh, I think the angle maybe you know the, I don't know sometimes the angle maybe maybe people on the other side of Harry's goal saw the sort of pace of the strike and, and thought True. it was amazing but for me the Burke goal was superior but he's a real player and he's someone as well that what, you know, the feeling is that maybe he wasn't suited to some of the rough and tumble of the, the lower leagues in, in England and Sean Kavanagh spoke about that at the weekend as well he'd been down there a bit and he wondered if the league here might suit him uh, a small mm. bit but much as it's a physical league and so on that there are certain sides that give you a bit of time in the ball and 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 allow you to play a bit and maybe that's through their own inadequacies and and you see that even just physically like you know I'm going back to the dark game a bit last night that just had way more energy and Limerick just couldn't get around them and so then the better players were getting time to play and you know Rovers on on when the game opened up as you say and once Bray were behind all of a sudden, all their ball players had a chance to show what they could do. But I, I just don't think, again, you can't just be reactive to one result and say, that's it, they've clicked. Um, yeah. 
you know, just, they have to be able to do it against better teams. But I, I think, you know, if any doubts about the top three being the, the same top three, I, you know, I, I, I'd be very surprised if it, if it, if it ended up any other way. Although, really, Waterford, yeah. it must, although it must be said, I think Waterford, um, who seemed like they were well enough beaten by Cork while while being competitive. I mean, they've beaten Pats. Um, they've started well, and um, you know they had a good crowd as well. It should be acknowledged, and um, you know they, they, maybe they could make a bit of a, a run at it. But um, I, I think you know maybe our, our early fears about Bray and Limerick um, may Our well just materialise because just on the, there's on more the, games coming up, you know, and, and these on, teams yeah. to withstand. That that's a that's a good point. On that Limerick game as well, I, I I've been disappointed enough with Hoban so far, but he uh, seemed to celebrate that first goal as if uh, it meant a lot to him. He did, and he he actually did look sharper even in the space of three days. Um, I thought he looked better, you know. Just and I think there's a sense that some of those Dundalk lads just need games, and probably, mm. you know, if, if for some reason there was a postponement and their next game was against Cork, there could be in a bit, you know, it could be a bit of a. Um, a, a real challenge for them because Cork look like they're ready to go. I, you, at this stage, you're kind of wondering where Cork are going to drop any points. Uh, the, yeah. the way in which they go to Sligo and score three and, and you know score a couple of early goals and they killed them off. But Hoban did look good. Um, he had a bit of a strop, but he was taken off. And and what was that about? And Stephen Kenny. Well, he wanted a hat trick, and the hat trick probably was there for him. Um, but he had a sort of a bit of a public strop, and and Kenny went over and admonished him. Did he? Uh, in front yeah. of the crowd, and um, wow. crowd sort of it was like a bit of a pantomime. Ooh, you know, to the whole thing. So mm. I don't think it was hugely serious. And I don't know if the team was one 0 down. Maybe at that point it'd be a a, a major talking point. Whereas at six 0 it was more of a, a tantrum. But um, I, I guess you know he's, he's probably eager to get going. But there's 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 competition there. But um, if if that was the one story from from Tuesday, if, the the other game that we're missing out, and I think like we can always benefit from a bit of Kenny Shields, I guess in our in our pod. And, <laughs> we all um, need a bit of Kenny Shields. Derry beating Bohemians last night, a game that, that neither of us were at. Um, although I, I did speak to go down, I had to do a preview now. Yeah, the preview. The yeah, listen. Yeah. No, well, you, you you follow the gigs really, don't you? But I do um, follow I, the money. I did speak to uh, to Rory O'Connor, our rugby man uh, in the Independent, who, who would go to at Bowes games, as we know. And I think he said there was like a yellow ball, one yellow ball, and then a few minutes into the game, it went into the tramway end and never recovered, and they ended up just going back to to White for the end. So, um, but it didn't really end well for Bowes. Um, with, with Derry getting the win and I think Kenny Shields had wound them up beforehand by speaking about uh, Bowes crying about their part-time status um, and you know the, the, this this point that's often met about Bowes Kenny wasn't having any of it and he did bring it up afterwards um, he spoke to Drive 105 uh, to Dermot Liddy I just want to thank uh, the lads with Drive 105 who provided excellent service for all Derry games home and away and they, they very kindly uh, allowed us to use the Kenny audio, uh, his post-match from the game in Daily Mail last night. We can listen to it now. Kenny, the first one of the season, the first three points, you must be delighted after the start you've had. I, I think I wasn't expecting to get any points from the first four games because we were so far behind the rest in preparation. Uh, there was extenuating circumstances. We couldn't get anywhere to train with the weather and... There were so many things going wrong. We have six players out injured, which a lot of people haven't mentioned, and uh, key players as well. So, 
you have to say it's fantastic to get a one tonight and you know there's not many teams will come here and win and keep clean sheets and they must have threw about 40 bombs at us in the second half they just kept bombing it and bombing it and bombing it and to come here with a bunch of kids uh with seven under 21s I thought it was a fantastic achievement and a committed performance and Jared did brilliant for us with the save obviously but you know these penalty kicks and people diving all over the place it's not it's not good for the game well that's set aside Kenny you know it's, it's a difficult place to come as I said we got three points tonight but you must be happy with the defensive performance especially with Cole and young Niall Lowe thrown on there tonight yeah of course I, I thought the two young lads were brilliant and you know when you look at the, what they had in their team you know and, and the advantages they have like Bohemians had, I was in for Stokes great player uh, but he was out of our league we'd gone near our budget at that time and I couldn't get him and they've uh, they're a full time team no matter what they say and, and we have to acknowledge the commitment and the effort there for our kids but I'm so it uh, sets it up nicely for the first home game back at the Brandywell. Kenny for Friday night up against Dundalk, who have won very heavily tonight. So it's a good setup back to Brandywell. I won here tonight for Derry. So as I said, bring on the Brandywell Friday night. Yeah, well we're we're, we're wanting to go in tomorrow for recovery, but we we can't get into the Brandywell tomorrow. We've just been told. Uh, so. We're going to play a match on Friday night and we haven't been on the Brandywell yet, so that's the downside of it. But we'll give it our best shot and hopefully they show the same spirit as they showed tonight. Dan, not, notwithstanding uh, Kenny dropping about 10 grenades there in the space of 10 minutes, I love the way people in Derry pronounce W-I-N as one. And Kevin did that beautifully there. You know, it was great to get the one. And Kenny then just went into, well, what, what can you even say about Kenny Shields there? Well, I mean, he's uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like the, he, he's got a wonderful ability to sort of uh, shift the story sometimes when he needs to, uh, and point out that actually he didn't expect, he expect them to have no points after no points after all the games. <laughs> but I think an, anyone who um, anyone who had predicted Derry to have um, you know not points from three games would have had some kind of verbal jihad launched on them by Kenny, you know. <laughs> Just, so, to, just to mention, their first three games were Sligo, Waterford and Bowes. It wasn't as if they had a, a hell of a you know start to the season, albeit no. Um, and and then even a little dig at the end just about their inability to get into the brand new well, which is, uh, I mean, it, I, I, I've been watching the videos of the brand new well. I saw Kevin McLaughlin giving a bit of a tour there. Um, and it looks OK, actually, although there is an element of uh, it'll be a good stadium when they finish it about the, the whole look of that side of the ground. But certainly... It looks like they've internally improved the uh, the facilities for players and stuff, but it's been a bit of a rush job. And if the players haven't been able to get in there to train, uh, you do wonder that if this Storm Emma, I think it's called, or whatever the official uh, term for it is, uh, if it does lead to Friday's games being called off, you, you nearly wonder in a strange way, would it suit Derry? and give them a couple more days to get it together even if they miss out on that opening night but they did do that great social media video which was fantastic and I think you know we like to see clubs doing that yeah. stuff um, but you do wonder if it's, it's, just, 
it's just not ideal. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a new artificial pitch. And I think there'd be some concerns that if it hasn't been bedded in, that it mm. could be a bit ropey. And it, it could, again, affect the quality of the game. And I know, I mean, this is another thing you mentioned about crowds and so on. We, we I think Brandon Clark has, he said he's going to come on again, but he did tweet about the, the per pitch in Limerick last week too. Markets Field has been used for all sorts of rugby games. And that affects the quality as well. And like pitch maintenance is a huge issue. That sounds um, like a poor you know, game, actually. But it, yeah, and so like it's great if people come in to, for a look at the first game of the season. But if it's if if the the product's not good, they're not going to come back. Absolutely. So you sort of hope that the new Brandywell, their 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 first game, that that everything's ready and it's, I it's think ready it's to go. A huge win for Derry as well, because if they were facing into that Dundalk game with no points from nine, uh, you'd have to say there'd be a bit of pressure on. Kenny Kenny's always moaned about their wage um, kind of their wage you know structure and and its limitations. But what he doesn't mention is that a hell of a lot of the people who are from the Northwest, mainly Derry, want to play for Derry and they're kind of reluctant to play elsewhere. And the squad he has, I don't buy any of this stuff about, you know, um, not having the the uh, the wages to, to attract players, really, because I think their squad is very, very strong. And Anthony for Derry below top four for me is a bad, bad season. Um, I think they're run, you know, they, they don't really have um, any excuses, I think. And if they hadn't won that game or certainly gotten a point, I think they'd be under a hell of a lot of pressure. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, no, I think look, I think they, they definitely have a, but I mean, they have a, a an excuse in terms of the volume of players they've lost to other clubs. I mean, there's no doubt that you can you can go around the top clubs and you see, you know, Michael Duffy last night. You see Barry McNamee and Aaron Barry, and you can go through the list of players they've lost. And I think you know their their wage structure probably does mean that when their players get to a certain level, they might lose them. But at the same time, I take it your point about as well, though. You know, it's it happens. Well, to- true. It's but it's it's the food chain. We mentioned mm-hmm. it a bit last week with Tim. You know, you know, Cork take players from Sligo, then Sligo go and take them from somewhere else, whatever it might be. And 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 Derry have been part of that. Um, and it, it is pointed, I think, his go at bows that Kenny is trying to say, well, actually, you know, we are the humble heroes here. Um, and, 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 and never mind what you say about bows. And I, I can see his angle. Um, but and, and geographically, they're probably never going to be able to really get players like like Owen Stokes when they're they're coming home. But they do, as you mentioned, they also get some very I mean, they've got the Hales and, you know, there's players in that region who are who are naturally drawn to Derry and might end up back there someday. But there was stuff going around during the week, I think about their accounts and stuff. And, you know, they're obviously very reliant on Philip O'Doherty's yeah. uh, support. Like like all, like, like a lot of clubs in the league have a backer, but also you know, the European money is big for them. So sure. if they were to suddenly drop out of that, that top four and that European slot, then it could pose them problems for the, the following season. So I think you'd be right to say, that there there would be pressure there if they continued their run. So I think I think probably I know Dundalk needed the win and 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 Rovers needed the win and everyone needed the win. But I think Derry's need was as pressing as anyone. And no doubt. A late Are you penalty, hoping to get up there Friday night? Um, I think those plans might be changed. I think in in this uh, in this world of snow, there's even early print production times for newspapers and stuff. So I, I was planning to go, but I mean, it, it might all be epidemic, as as you would say yourself. We breaking news, Dan. Breaking what was that noise? News. Yeah, it's uh, it's the noise for breaking news. And no, Ronnie no. Collins hasn't left that loan. Well, well, he actually has. But I mean, oh, that's he? not the. Yeah, he's, he's oh, he gone. Has. Yeah, what he's happened gone. there? Wow. Yeah, he's, he's he's moved on. But then listen, 
we, Sean we O'Connor just... isn't back in the League of Ireland. Sh- Sean Connor. Sean Connor. Sean Connor. Sean, not, not Sean O'Connor. Sean O'Connor is back in the League of Ireland, but Pat's under 15s. But anyway, ah. we, we, we have breaking podcast news. Is this the first? Bad is news, this... Dan. It's bad news. But, but is this the first time that a news story is broken mid pod? I mean, this is the first time a news story has broken us. But uh, well, I, I, I see my, on my email now. Um, and we do have a pro- we do have a private messaging system. Not to give too much away, that sort of allowed us to, to see that there was a mail. But uh, the FAI have made an announcement that all SSC electricity matches this weekend are postponed due to the weather. All ten games to be res- rescheduled. So not just the Friday games, the the Saturday games as well. So. Bray Waterford, Cork Bowes, Derry Dundalk, Limerick Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's versus Sligo, and um, what was the other game? Yeah, they are the five games. They've all been rescheduled from Monday, March the 19th. Uh, two other Limerick games, then the, the dates have been moved just to facilitate forthcoming changes from Saturday to Friday. Limerick Cork, that's moved from Paddy's Day to, to March 16th. And then the first division games, Athlone, Cabo, Wexford UCD, they're both rescheduled for Monday, March the 19th. Cove v Galway, which was meant to be on Saturday. Finn Harps, Longford, Shelburne, Drada, fixture to be rescheduled at a later date. So no new Brandywell. They will get their time to get it ready. This uh, is good news for Derry, isn't it? Because uh, a couple of their fans have said they'd nearly prefer if it had been postponed so that they could get it ready in time. Yeah, I think so. And um, I'm actually just, as we speak, I'm going to look up the Derry City fixtures to see... Will that now be the first game at the Brandywell or will it be another game in between? Oh, I see they play Bray. Uh, they play Limerick, is it? On Monday the 12th of uh, March in the in the, in the the league. It's a back fixture, Monday the 12th. Or what, it's one of the other midweek fixtures. That is probably going to be their first game in the Brandywell then. And they're going to have a game on the Monday, uh, the Friday against Bray, and then the Monday against Dundalk. So three games in a week. So it'll properly um, test the pitch out then. Of course, it, so, it all means that I can't extend my lead over you in the predictions table as well. No, it doesn't. Uh, you got four out of five last week. Um, you got done, you went for a Dundalk win, wasn't it? Mm. And that was that was the one aberration. Uh, whereas I think I only got two right. Um, I think I went for a draw in that game, and I went for Sligo to beat Derry. Everything else just went wrong. Of course, we also missed the trick by not predicting the Monday Tuesday games, but then. You couldn't really have done that till the first round of games. No, you couldn't have. Over. What are you going to do for the weekend now, Dan? I, I, one interesting thing about this, I should say, that it now means that the Dogs' next game is against Cork. And um, wow. just chatting to a few people that were up there last night, certainly, uh, they feel that this team, and even Stephen Kenny himself, they feel the team's clicking into gear. It needs games. I don't think it's good news for them. I think, you know, they're. I'm not sure if they're ready to play Cork at the moment. Um, I mean, they've got, a, I suppose, a, a week to, to prepare for it now. And, um, to really focus all their energies towards it. But this core team is motoring along and they, they know what they are. They know almost what their best team is. I'm not sure if Dundalk do. And I I think um, if anyone's happy with this, it, it might well be Cork City because I think they're primed to they're primed to strike. But um, it just leaves us blank this weekend. I mean, I don't know. I saw actually there was a, a tweet. There was, I think it was a Limerick fan uh, was told off by a, a member of the Gardaí for throwing a snow snowballs at the, the linesman last night. So yeah. I suppose like these unsavoury scenes of, of crowd violence related to snow Puggery. aren't going to taint uh, our weekend. But um, God, yeah. What, 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 I was going to go to Cove on Saturday. 
oh, so what, what do we do? What, what, what do, do people do? do? Um, I think that, you know, when in doubt, go to the boozer. Well, that is a mantra that served you well over the years, to be fair, Johnny. Um, not to well, not I mean, in doubt. It's, it served you well enough. I mean, I suppose we could go into analysing well at all, actually, uh, yeah. problems arising from same. But um, yeah. in, in, in this circumstance, I mean, the alternative is to go outside and like try and take a really artistic snowy shot that no one else out there has done and you can like win the internet because really yeah. in, in the in like the, the great snow of 82 and all of that that was just mm. about you know hardship and adversity and you know today it's just about sort of social media acceptance you know it so, is isn't it yeah can, can uh, you get the, the best i mean there are actually joe there are people actually out there really suffering um and they shouldn't be sort of trivial about that and flippant about it but you know, in the world sometimes that we inhabit, the internet world, it's really just about getting the, for some people, it's just about getting the best picture, you know? It is. The best it's a shot. sad place. It's a sad place. Filter yeah, it up. My trip to Cove is, is going to be postponed. So um, I guess we'll, we'll go through the tweets, Dan, of the last few days. Well, actually, we should yeah. mention another tweet as well. Dermot Looney, of course, a regular, um, of course. regular listener to the show. I see he's become a bit of a social media sensation by, uh, I think he might have sort of slandered his own parents by uh, saying something about that great snow in 1982. What was his line? Um, be sure to take... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to call it up here. Effectively, he was just saying that he was... Was uh, he conceived in that time? But that's a, a section, That was effectively the, uh, the the insinuation. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've met Dermot's parents, so I'm not sure how I feel about the whole thing, really. Um, but uh, What about the thought process of Derek and Anne MacDonald back in the day? <laughs> nothing to do with snow no nothing to do with snow whatsoever I, I, I was born in August of 82 so I was, I was I suppose I was already on the way at that point yeah. Um, but, but yeah I can't find Dermot's tweet but I I, I, I gather he's, he's very happy with it anyway he's, uh, he's, 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 he's gone big I mean bigger than his political career is voice uh, <laughs> But um, Richie Savier yeah. also tweeted in those horse yeah. tales sound very familiar. Um, that was in reference to a horse that Richie owned with us both, which didn't yes. go very well. And we're not actually able. I didn't think we were actually ever going to speak about that again. I think there was like a, some kind of statue on that in terms of we, we can't speak about it after a certain number of years. But um, let's move on from that. Let's Good show at Johnny Dunleavy. Just sounds like a lad you want to go out and have a beer with. Top man. Tim sounds like a young Stephen Kenny. Looking forward to next week's already. And that was from Bernie. And, of course, Johnny Dunleavy doesn't drink, so he could give you a lift home after your few pints. Yeah. And I'm not sure Tim Clancy well, he's would be mad on that reference. But anyway. Well, well, Tim's 33. I mean, when Stephen Kenny was 33, he'd be already been managing the league for around 15 years. He has. He has. Uh, from his early days at Longford, which Longford was just... Uh, Longford was just a mound of clay when Stephen Kenny took over, and now, and now look at it. You Although know? there was something strangely romantic about that Longford team that used to finish bottom the whole time uh, when I got into the League of Ireland. Well, I mean, 90s. that's uh, probably like a, a an insight into your views on romance, Johnny. But again, I don't think we've got time really to to delve into that. I mean, Miholo for Miholo Fway. Uh, can you ask Johnny to stop talking about his meat? Mm. Read. I don't know how you're going to read into that. Was that actually a response to the the podcast, or is that just who knows observation? Who knows? Um, but um, yeah, there you are, Dan. Uh, it's going to be a strange weekend. Then might have to just spend quality time with the girlfriend or something. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you really going to do? What are you really going to do? Or... Yeah, yeah. I think you know, we we know we know where it's going to end up. Really, it is. It is. 
Yeah, this is this is a this is a curious void because we'd spoken about this relentless start to the season, and then all of a sudden, teams and coaches now, what do you do with players? You know, you know I mean, full time clubs probably in, in this situation, you know, they can manage things. It's I don't know how how, how the others sort of try and work it all out. You know, even even for part time players now, an extra Monday or Tuesday game thrown in. Um, in yeah. March, it's going to be pretty hectic, you know, five, six games in the space of 20 days for a lot of clubs. And what we spoke about earlier, um, the resources issue um, and those clubs struggling with the turnaround, you've got to imagine that they're the ones that are going to that are going to suffer, you know, in yeah. terms of the, the schedule. And, and we'll see maybe that gap open up maybe quicker than we, we might even have predicted. It started to snow again outside as well. It's gotten very dark all of a sudden. Um, so I Any bread? We yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. Just, I mean you, you better get out and get the bread. I mean, I've just started uh, just just putting on some for no reason over here just to, <laughs> just, just to taunt you. Still um, find that you can actually bake. Um, that was season two, episode three. Dan, we will have somebody on next week, though. That was obviously a necessarily short show, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pluck someone from... Um, from our list of uh, potential victims next week. Yeah, business as usual. We'll, we'll have the dog cork preview and I suppose a, l- a lot more besides to discuss. And maybe find out how Kenny Shields dealt with the snow. That, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I already feel that it writes itself. Yeah, or Kenny's, Kenny's already winding up the snow somehow. Yeah, I, I assume he's got theories about the snow, um, and you know the, the more serious snow that Derry will be suffering will be nothing compared to uh, you know the, the Dublin media will exaggerate the seriousness of the snow here. It's a bit of a Healy Ray thing, actually. Really, how how do you think Kenny Shields would get on with the Healy Ray brothers? I mean, I'm not sure that, either would understand. That would enough. be much superior to this one or any of the other ones. Really, would. we'll get working on that. Thanks for listening. Like you accidentally slipped off a building.